Dave and Jeff. It is August 25th, 2021. I'm a little rattled, not going to lie. <laughs> Me too. Come down here and uh, just roll in. Everything's fine. All of a sudden, Palais just very casually says, God, look at this thing right behind you, blowing around. I'm so jittery right now. Uh, Dave goes, oh, yeah, there's a bat up there on the wall. What? There's a bat up there. Dude. We've never had one in here, so I, I thought I was calm when I'm telling you. Dude, there's a bat right there. Do do bats freak you out as much yeah. as they freak me Fuck out? Yeah, they're flying rats with the rabies. Yeah. So I, sorry, on my Facebook, I went live. We carried the video. Yeah. Had a captive audience of three. <laughs> we didn't give them a lot of time to jump on. No, it was Matt Coyle told us we should be embarrassed. Uh, my friend Kathy Zamello and Karen Von Wolven and Jane Palmer. So we had a, nice. an audience of four. Is Dave's chucking shoes at a bat on a wall above a 60-inch TV that I was waiting for him to th- throw through. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like he's at the dunk tank, one gets close and this bat just turns and comes right at me. Yeah! <laughs> And I'm not going to lie. I just squealed. Ah! Ah! Start running fast as I can run. I'll broken down old man. And then, uh, but the bat didn't come out of the garage. No. So then we had a look again, and then he did. It felt like he flew directly at me. He did fly at you. He flew and out of the garage and then made a, a turn right at you. And then I got scared again. Ah, God damn it. God damn it. And, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah as my man dave alvin uh wrote and his brother phil sang in that song i'm shaking i'm so jittery <laughs> thing uh, is if we left it here we would have been fucked because oh, yeah, it would have been behind your head i would have seen it coming at you when it decided to move you would have never seen it coming. died of rabies that's <laughs> right in the neck right in the neck <laughs> shit and now because we're so stupid we just sit here with this garage door open, and there's Dave has a box behind him that's got a little piece of tape from the oh, yeah. packing, and it keeps flying around, and each time I'm like, God, shit, he's back, <laughs> and uh, scared. Uh, I'll give credit to Marty Caswell. Okay. Marty went out either today or yesterday and got uh, an interview with A.J. Preller, and A.J. said two things, Dave, number one, that it was Jace Tingler's decision to to get rid of Larry Rothschild. Okay. And he just said that he's a big believer in stability, and so they they waited, even though there's only less than 40 games left, but they were concerned about upheaving the, the apple cart. And then he said that he hopes Jace Tingler is the manager for the next 10 years. Yeah, see, Jace isn't going anywhere. Right? I mean, overall, he has the winning record. No manager in Padre history has had that winning record the way he has a winning percentage. Right. His first couple years. He's also AJ's guy. You know, again, we were kind of tongue-in-cheeking it yesterday as far as loving the guys from Texas. Mm -hmm. But he loves Jace. And when the hire was made, we goofed on it. But overall, his winning percentage is better than most. And my feeling is, and Jace wouldn't say it while he's still working for the pods, dude, I'm managing the players that are given to me. I mean, you got fucking Frazier, who's batting eighth tonight. Yeah. Who was, when he got here, one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah, they ran him right into the ground. Ran it's, um, <laughs> they fixed him right into the ground. There have been guys that have managed this team over the years, and and I think we looked at him and we go, oh, this guy. I mean, Pat Murphy is the first guy you look at. You go, dude, this guy is not the guy yeah. 
that's going to get him there, right? I think we all figured out relatively early on on Andy Green that Andy Green wasn't going to be the guy. He felt like a spot holder. I think there was a time when people might have been excited about Larry Boa being here. I don't think anybody... What, last one year? Yeah, pretty close. I don't think anybody was really excited about uh, Steve Boris being here. No. Or... Riggleman. Riggleman, right? Greg Riddock and others. Shit. Hacksaw loved Riddock. He would. Do you remember that? Fuck. Fucking loved him. But, but then, uh, and Boach came in, and Boach was cool. Like, and, I think everybody liked Boach coming yeah, in. I think everybody hire, liked Buddy Black coming in. Yeah, even with the hire with Boach. At the time, it was one of those where people were questioning, because they're like... But Boach had managed at AAA yeah. in Vegas and had done well and came up and had been the third base coach and was yeah, a popular but guy. But he here. wasn't a proven commodity with another team. He wasn't like Dick Williams. Dick True. Williams was a guy that had... a. A record of, uh, number one, turning teams around, two, taking teams to the World Series. Agree. I would agree with you completely on that. And, and Boach, they hit a home run with. He's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Not because of what he did with the Padres, but he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Nobody, he got him to the playoffs twice, got him to the yeah. World Series. And uh, and it was pretty cool. So, I, and I think, just for me, I don't I don't dislike Tingler. Like we've said, seems like a, a good enough guy. But I like what our motto is on this show. We don't let emotions get in the way of making decisions. And I question whether or not either one of those guys are capable of getting this team to the World Series. So if they're not, and to me, the Giants window is about to get a whole lot bigger, and and we know what the Dodgers are, then I start looking at opportunities. And if you have a guy, just kind of to quickly repeat what we said here last night, when you have a guy in town with Hall of Fame credentials, you go get him. You go get him. Especially the fact he wants the job. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't openly come No, he wouldn't it, because it's disrespect. But we all course. know he still makes his home here. He would take that job. He says he's not done managing. Right. And he's not looking at the Kansas City Royals Fuck job. No. He wants to go manage the Tigers? Orioles. Please. Please. Break. What the fuck are we talking about? Tigers. AJ Hinch isn't going anywhere. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, that's it. And I'm looking at Steve Fisher and Brian Dutcher, two of our favorites around here, looking out at this field just going, my God. <laughs> okay, so what people don't understand, when Bochy and Lasorda and Larusa and all these guys you talk about Hall of Fame managers, it was different back in the day. Boach used to come on with us every year, and he would tell us, and Joe Torre used the same line, by the way, yeah. That a manager in Major League Baseball is responsible for maybe four wins a year. That's what he used to say, and that's when he made the lineup card out. Players yeah. win the games. But now, playoffs are a totally different thing. Yeah. Because it is an extremely shortened season, and if you look at Bochi and you listen to Giant fans and say what he was great at when they won those three World Series, it was managing the bullpen and making the right decisions in the postseason. That's where he basically cut his teeth. When you look at the guys now, and I listen to guys that call coaches show, they have no fucking idea. When they sit no. there and they talk about firing managers, we tell you all the time, it's all computers. Yeah. Computers are basically bake out the lineup every day. Adam Frazier batting eighth isn't Jace Tingler going, watch this. This is yeah. what he was told to do. So it, it is a different game. The thing is, you are a psychologist. This locker room, clubhouse, whatever you want to say in baseball, is broken right now. There's a lot of pointing fingers. There's a lot of what the fuck's going on. How are we so... Um, good at, at one point in the season, and how is right now things are falling apart? You said it yesterday. I asked you the question. As a fan, do you feel like it's a slow death? The players feel like it's a slow death. You're down to nine games over 500. Yeah. You are 14 and a half out of first. 
unacceptable. It's unacceptable. You didn't come into this year. You didn't make the moves that you made to, to battle for a wild card. You made it because you wanted to battle for the division. And you can say whatever you want about what the Giants were able to do this year and how they caught people off guard. Who cares? You should be better than you are. So you look at it and you go, well, how did we get here? AJ built the team. Jace manages the team. Yes. Fucking adios, muchacho. You're fucking done. Get out of here. In this bullshit town, we do everything. Right? Hey, God. Guys, come on. I mean, are we going to ignore the, the tough luck they had? Yeah. That's how it goes. That's how it goes, bitch. Walker Bueller is the only guy in the Dodgers who hasn't been on the IL. Yeah. The uh, only pitcher the whole time. The Dodgers have not had their starting eight in the lineup one time this entire year. Not once. Yeah. So so every team goes through injuries. Even the Giants went through their best players. Posey, Belt, Crawford. Every guy was on the IL at the same time. Yeah. And the Giants haven't missed a beat. So, so stop using that excuse. So that that's what I want to see. But I'm already prepping myself that a team that has let me down consistently yeah. for a very, very long time is getting ready to let me down again. And I'm not talking about just what we're going to see, Dave, over the last month on the field. I'm talking about the commitment to winning. Because if you're truly committed to winning, then you make moves to prove it to me. And, and when I say me, I mean the fan base, not just me. But you know what the point being for all of you. And if... What are they going to do? Fam's going to move out. So who are we going to go get to play left field? They try to get Joey Gallo again for the 100th time. They try to sign him, right? Uh, who, who else? Like, who, who are we going to go get, right? And you already said it last night. You're going to be stuck with Myers again. Yep. So maybe it is going to be uh, Myers in left, Grisham in center, Tatis in right, Machado, Cronenworth. I mean, I think Frazier's arbitration eligible. So maybe Frazier's your second baseman. I, I don't know how you think you're going to get rid of Hosmer. No, you so, aren't. So he's probably back. Maybe Nola's gone. Nola uh, should be gone. Yeah, so now we got Camposano yeah. for his 17th different opportunity. Exciting. And Caratini. And then you look at that rotation. Well, hey, we got Mike Clevenger back. Cool. Okay. I like Clevenger. Let's hope he's not a 500 pitcher because everyone else is a 500 pitcher. Boy, oh, boy, Dave, with your negativity, we're just trying to celebrate a guy's return. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I'll tell you the other thing. Go ahead. Chris Paddock's back. Great. Sh sheriff. No bullshit when the sheriff's in town, Dave. You hear me? And we got Blake Snell back, and we got Joe Musgrove back. And we got uh, uh, Adrian Morihone. And then we got Lamette. And I'll tell you the other one, Dave, you fucking asshole. Go ahead. Let's hear it. I like how you just dismissed that we have Pierce Johnson back. <laughs> we have Pierce. Yeah. Craig Stammons, 48. Yes. He'll be back. Drew Pomerantz is back. Yes. Mark Melanson's moved on because he said, fuck that. He sure did. Him and Ryan Weathers, I think, are both gone. Right. Yeah, but... They're uh, going to trade Ryan Weathers for someone. Someone They might get something good in return for Weathers. Someone's going to sit there and go, I like what this guy has. 
He's just he's not a happy guy. The last month, I'll two, I'll yeah. two well, kids. well, you might not get back anything decent, but you you might get something that people go. You know what? If you pitch for us, it would be a different story. At this point, right now, because they broke that kid, they did. We're lucky to get two gallons of orange paint and a fucking Ronco garden weasel. <laughs> That's it. Look, mm-hmm. look. This, That's it. The worst player on the team you didn't even mention. The worst player on the team is Hassan Kim. He is. He's hitting two hundred four with six home runs. Well, you gave him Pretty 20, electric glove. You gave him twenty. Yeah, fuck the glove thing. Twenty eight million dollars. You fucking guys in this town. Okay. You ever seen him dance? Yeah, great. Beautiful hair. I understand. Great. He's the fantastic team guy. I, I got it. style. Sure. Enough. Enough of this bullshit, you dude. It's old. Racist. It's old. It has nothing to do with anything. It's mm-hmm. fucking fact is he can't hit. He can't play. All right. I don't want to hear about defense. Here's my, my frustration level on how, when I think Padre fans have hit an all-time low. Last night, they lose 5-2. Jerks and mm-hmm. Profar, while you were driving home, uh, gets a walk. Yeah. Stares down Jansen. Yeah. And everybody's pumped up. Yeah. This whole fucking town. Did you see him stare him down? It's like, dude, you weren't even the best player from Carousel in the stadium. Relax. Yeah. Take your fucking base. You're down 5-2. Yeah. And you lost. You Keep- look like a total tool. Shit, I was trying to get my guys fired up. <laughs> so I, I wanted that swipe chain. Has over 300 saves, and he fucking stared him down because he fucking got a walk. Yeah, that's the first time he's been to first base. That's true. He fucking had to pull out his phone to fucking figure out where the batter's box was. Hasn't Wayne, played in weeks. Wayne Kirby came down and grabbed him by the wrist, like Dad taking him to first day of second grade. Here you go. You come over here. Jackson, it's Jerkson. <laughs> Come on. Let's go. No, I'm just telling you. Get ready. Get ready. Because there'll be a whole lot of bullshit sold in this town. Who put this goddamn fan right here? Dislocated my elbow. (laughs) Great. Look. Name another GM that lasts this long with these results. In any sport. Tom Telesco. Fucking. Telesco's doing fine. He has a talented team. He's a big-time quarterback. The Chargers are one of the more talented teams. Yeah, they've been great in the AFC Championship. And so, well, that's what I'm saying is they They haven't done shit. Well, look who, look, you're only as good as your quarterback. They finally have one. I mean, come on, Rivers, as much as everybody loved Rivers, he wasn't winning anything. He never has. What do we expect? Always throws interceptions in the fourth. That's just what he is. You're goddamn. The NFL is all about the quarterback. Look, Mike Mayock, they're ready to run his ass out of Vegas, and he's only been there for two years. You know, they're done yeah. with Mayock. Mayock's only had the job like four years. Listen, you know why he got rid of Mayock? Because he got lisp. We got to be better on offense. Get the hell out of here. Get the fuck out of here now, please. Hey, what John says, we do. Fuck, what? Not, how many how many GMs have your, your Wolves been through since, since oh, AJ's had the job? Watch your step. Even your shitty organization dumps your GMs. This, this is my shitty organization. And nobody in this, this town will say anything. Organization. Nobody in this town will say anything. Because they're all a bunch of fucking sheep. Like we tell you every time. Hey, hey guess what? We're going to go out. We're going to make a deal. We're so excited. We're going to bring Justin Upton back. Oh, oh wow. We're going live early. <laughs> We're going to carry the Justin Upton press conference. Yeah, Dave, that's about it. I'll probably do that. Take Justin Upton's last $80 million of his contract and stick him out left field. Good for, Lord. For 24 games. <laughs> it's it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's the most frustrating thing because you can see it coming a mile away. And 
and I tell you what, Dave, this feels very, very similar to when we were on that horseshit 1360. Yeah. Telling people in 2015, this Charger team's going to leave because you can see the writing on the wall. It's not that tough a math problem to put together. And we were told by our sales team and our pussy manager and by the audience, stop with fear radio. It wasn't anything about fear radio. It was telling you the truth. Yeah. So let me tell you the truth again. This fucking baseball team is about to crash hard. Hard. Because they refuse to look at what all of us see, which is they are not good enough to compete in this division. The moves made by AJ, exciting in the moment, have not panned out. And ultimately, you will not be good enough in its current state to compete with the Dodgers or the Giants and they're just going to stay the status fucking quo and we're all going to sit here and they're going to drag us through the mud and then in two or three years, they're going to hit the fucking reset button again and then we're all going to have to watch it. To me, I say, no, this is your opportunity. Figure it out. These guys can't get it done. This was a great chance and they did it. It's an unmotivated team and it's not a talented enough team. Look at it. Watch it. You can see it. And then if I look at it and I go, well, who's responsible for getting him motivated? Jace fucking Tingler. There's the fucking door. Who's the guy who built the team? AJ fucking Preller. There's the fucking door. But nobody in this shit town will say anything because the paper's scared to write it. The radio stations are scared to write it. So we're just going to fucking sit here with the rings in our nose and be led around by this horseshit fucking team. Is Sidler too nice of a guy to pull He's the trigger? He's way too nice. And you know what? God, I mean, come on. Right? I mean, look at what this guy's done for the community. Look Got what it. he's done. But that's uh, not his job. His job is to put on, uh, players on the field to win a championship game and pay exactly. for them. Man, I You said it. it a long time ago to me. I remember 2004. When I told you Ron Fowler was clinching his angry little fist. No. <laughs> You told me there are nice guys pumping gas at the Shell station. Yeah. I don't need them making big decisions for my sports teams. Nope. Winners win, man. That's it. A lot of guys out there are winners aren't the nicest guys in the world. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Belichick, not the nicest guy you're going to hang out with. But you know what? He fucking wins. He's a champion. You watching Hard Knocks? I have. I've watched, uh, watched every episode. Okay, I'm too behind. Okay. But I thought one thing, and, and listen. Tell you why I'm sick of Paul Vaden in a second, too. Go ahead. Uh, I watched the first episode, and I get it better than anybody. It's all bullshit, right? Yeah. It's all, it's all done for TV. However, I do believe in that first episode when they're showing that press conference and Jerry Jones is sitting there. Yeah. And he's saying, right now, at this point of my life, I could be anywhere in the world right now. But there's nowhere I'd rather be than right here with my team. And if I could, I would do absolutely anything, anything it took, spend any money, do anything it took to get my team back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's a passion. That's a commitment. You can say whatever it wants. I question whether or not we have that same kind of commitment. If 
Financially, no doubt about it. Pete Seidler has signed two $30 million contracts. Unbelievable. Yeah, crazy money. Nobody's ever done it. Yeah. Amazing guy. Love him. Is he have the personality to look within himself and say, guys that I like are not capable of getting my team across the finish line? That's what he needs to do. And that, there's your answer. Yeah. Can he do that? Is he that kind of guy? He's not a dumb man. I mean, he'd be, he's a billionaire for a reason, right? I got it. But, but, but again, you have to figure he's managed people in the past. But then you can't. I mean, look, it's not cheap to go down to those games. No, not at all. We've made the commitment back to you as a fan base, as you can see tonight, but you've seen it. That Nationals game that we went to with Pete, it was packed. Yeah. You saw it with the Marlins. It's packed. This place is packed. This city has bought in to what you are doing. You look around town, right? The jerseys, the hats, people have bought in. Yeah. But you're the guy. You're the guy up front with the torch leading the path. Don't lead us right over the fucking cliff. Yeah. Lead us the right way. And I don't believe you have the guys in place that can get us there. Mediocre doesn't cut it. And I, Dave, in my opinion, uh, Preller more than more than Jace, uh, mediocre. I'm, I'm couldn't agree more. I've been saying it for a long time. That's just how I felt. But everyone with the rock star GM, people freak out. People love this guy, but yet you look at what he's supposed to be known for development. You pointed out what's gone on, yeah, through the Dominican, through everything else, and go. Where's the lack of players? And and at the same time, there's nobody. When they ask Jace that question. Is there anybody in the minor leagues you could call up? And he goes, we feel our best opportunities to win with the guys we have on this team right now. If I had a fucking egg, I'd throw it right at him. <laughs> you throw an egg. Who throws eggs anymore? Me? He just right on that Zoom call just gets a big egg right on his head. Just, you know, like how you can um, send like the emojis? Yeah. I should be able to just send the thumbs down emoji. You That's see Verismo's deal on Gore yesterday posting? Yeah. Hey, he, he literally, he's pitching against kids that graduated high school two months ago. Yeah. Hey, Matt Fryers has it covered. Okay. okay that's, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Look, you heard what I said. We heard what you said. My point is, this guy was supposed to be your guy. Well, you better try to figure it out. I mean, he's not yet, but you better try to figure it out. Dude, he's so, taken way, a million steps backwards. He's nowhere close to where he should be right now. And he got drafted in 2017. He's playing rookie ball. Who hired the guys in charge of his development? Yeah, nothing else changed. Home plate didn't move. The mound didn't move. Acme can't throw a strike. Get him the fuck out of here. And you go, well, hey, 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 listen. Let's not be rash in our decisions. Maybe we get rid of Preller. No, you get rid of both of them. It seems fucking unmotivated. You're gone. Gives a shit. Like, what the fuck do you guys, these guys, right? You fucking guys, whatever you're doing, where do you work? You assholes. Geico. Right? You're there, Geico fucking doing quotes all day, just sitting there. Your goddamn cube. You think if you get blown out, you think anybody in that organization gives a shit? Why are you guys so fucking emotionally tied into them? Seriously. They why? can't pick any of you fuckheads out of a lineup. What do you care? Get them out of here. Oh, how, why would we get rid of AJ? Why not? Team sucks. Yeah, you go around. It. Go around. 
look, we did it last night. There are two guys on this team right now that you love every night. That's Cronenworth and Tatis. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Never seen more goddamn <laughs> melancholy bullshit about a mediocre baseball team than we see in this fucking town. God damn it. Get it together. I just want to point out again, before the season began, that Woods and Paul said that they start the season with Cronenworth on the bench and Kim's your second baseman. My God, you two should be embarrassed. God damn it. I mean, I, I get it from Paul. He's Sleep deprived. A, hey, he goes through a lot. Car smells like weed. Gets <laughs> a million dogs on the bed. He's a newlywed. Fuck. Major problems. God damn, he's got a goddamn rock there in Megan. Can you imagine if Megan wasn't there? Oh my gosh, that poor kid. She's a saint. And listen, I'm a fan of the Nancaro family. All I know is that Steve claimed that he was in bed, dying, and I'm seeing Hannah and Taylor dancing up a storm on Instagram. They couldn't give less of a shit. <laughs> Making videos for fucking Cronenworth. He's just in there. Can I get the cranberry juice? Oh, please. Shut up. Please. Hang on, Taylor. Take two. <laughs> Take Fuck. two. We call my mom. I'm dying. Fuck. Oh, God. Uh, hey, can you tell me hello? He's ringing his little bell. Ding, 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 ding. Can I get some Ritz crackers and some cheese? Oh, my God. Our beautiful baby and I are trying to make a video. I used to try to get some rest. I got to work on Tuesday. Fuck. I sold four houses today. <laughs> Went 29... Miles on Pelotron. <laughs> I'm just trying to do a video with our beautiful baby. Can you shut the fuck up in there? I just look at where's the juice. Fuck. Fuck. I'll call Ben. He will not answer your <laughs> he call. He doesn't care. He only talks to you because he gets paid to talk to you. Think he's answering your fucking calls? Boring. <laughs> I got to give Ben credit. Ben said something. <laughs> ben Higgins at the... Did you listen to those no, I didn't hear fucking it. maniacs today? Ben had the funniest fucking line. I tell you what, dude. Ben slides lines in. They catch me off guard. They were funny. So they're playing uh, Take on Woods today. Okay. And Steve gets like two right, and the other guy gets nothing. Yeah. So Steve goes, hey... I feel bad for you, Travis. You got shut out. Uh, what would you feel? How would you feel about uh, getting mine and Paul's seats to tonight's game? You went over. A lot of guys on the Padres are going over, and we'd like to give you those seats. Maybe we could change the karma. And Ben goes, "Well, maybe you change the karma by giving it to a guy who actually went five for five. Jesus, <laughs> not a guy who went oh for." I go, God damn, Ben, that's good writing. <laughs> it was funny. Look at our boy Ash. And Greg Vaughn. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Bring dude. those guys in. Bring, <laughs> Ash did you bring would Ash come in? in? Yeah, I would. Ash would come in. Ash is a good dude, man. He, dude, he is a really you good bring, guy. I, I don't know that Ash has any interest in being the pitching coach. Would you bring Ash in? Yeah. Again, I don't know what guys know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, some guys know themselves, and they can't teach. I mean, look at Ted, look at Ted Williams. He was the worst manager in Major League Baseball history. Had like a winning percentage of twenty percent. Yeah, 
but yet he couldn't understand why you couldn't see what he could fucking see. Hit the right. fucking ball. What's wrong with you? And people are like, I can't see it. Ted. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ted. Ted holds the record still in the United States for the greatest eye vision of anybody in history. Like when they did that military test. Yeah. His uh, eyesight's better than anyone's in history, and he had to yell at his players for not being able to see what he could see. Ted, I only have 20-20 vision. Uh, parents have any kids that lived? Hey! <laughs> Ted was tough. Ted was tough. Like Greg Vaughn with the GV23 hat on. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Speaking of Ted, I've been thinking about this shit all day. Okay. Your boy Leitner kind of blew it on this book. Okay? This TED Talks thing is the worst title for this book of all time. Why? Because there are a million TED Talks. Oh, yeah. It's like writing a book and titling it 9-11. You Google 9-11, you're never going to get to what you want to get to. But yet, you, yeah. can't, you can't find Ted Leitner. It's ridiculous. They, uh... they really fucked this thing up. Well, I don't know what happened on Amazon. Someone asked me today about it and said, I can't find this book. All right, so I'll tell you. Okay. I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'll talk. About yeah, it, just, it ca- literally came up today, and I said, that's funny. So I see a thing on Friday that said the book is out. Now, I know how it goes in this town, that everybody and their brother is going to bug Ted for a free copy of the book. So I said, fuck it. I'm not going to do that. Ted's a buddy of mine, means a lot to me, and I'll, uh, I'll buy the book. Okay. So I go to Amazon. And I type in Ted Leitner. Nothing comes up. So then I type in Ted Leitner book. Nothing comes up. I'm like, fuck. He had just said that it was available on Amazon. So I go back. I find whatever I had seen originally with it. And I put the order in. This is actually Saturday. I put the, am I keeping you awake? Sorry. Did you hear that? Yeah. So uh, that ball's butt. Fuck. Uh, I don't know. No, oh, great it. catch. What are you Gold talking glove. about? <laughs> Look, I did the same thing last night. Remember? Machado hit it. I go, that's gone. I watched uh, Tatis. Yeah. We're watching the Muncie fly ball. Tatis stopped and looked up, so I thought it was gone. The Muncie kind of stood there like he hit a home run. Um, so I'm looking for Ted's book on Saturday, and it's nowhere to be found. So then I find the link, and... Uh, I was able to click on it and order it. Paperback, like 23 bucks. So, book shows up actually on Sunday. Got it here in like no time at all. So, I sent him a text. I go, hey, man, I just wanted to say thank you. When I got here, you were the guy. And to end up working with you at KFNB and being able to call your friend is about as cool as it gets, man. So I just sent a picture to show him I actually had the book in my hand. Yeah. And he was great. He sent me the nicest text, and he goes, uh, fuck, I would have tried to get you one, right? It just I'm working to get some. I go, Ted, that's, I don't need to do that. Friends support friends. We're good. So I posted it. Did he tell you to send a car for me and I'll sign it? I told him, don't worry about the garage. I'll see you soon enough. Um. So I posted it on social media and said, hey, this is cool. And then people started doing the same thing that you talked about. I can't find the goddamn yeah. book. Yeah. So. It's weird when you type in a guy's first and last name and you can't find the book. Right. So I get frustrated on behalf of Ted. So I text Ted and I go, hey, man, I'm telling you, 
I'm trying to promote this fucking thing for you. Yeah. And nobody can find it. Hang on. Ted says, hang on. So John Freeman, his dad, Don, longtime uh, TV radio guy for the UT. And then John was a media critic for the UT. John calls me. What year was that? I don't remember that at all. Uh, fuck, John was... Don was the original for, like, the Tribune. Okay. John's, John's a fucking great dude. Never met him. No kidding? I don't think I've ever met him. I have no idea who he is. Dude, great dude. Yeah, great dude. He did... Um, I don't think... I don't think... Like, he would dabble over into, like, talk radio and probably wrote a few things about us when we were on KFMB, right? But he wasn't, his focus wasn't just sports, like Posner or Daffy Maffey or Fritz Quint. Um, it, he, he did everything. So John's great. So John calls me, and I haven't talked to him in a long time, and I congratulate him, and I go, hey, man, I don't know if you can get to Amazon, but you can't fucking get the book. And he said, well, you know, the name of the book isn't Ted Leitner. I said, John, he's the guy. We yeah. live in a slow-moving town. You got to be able to look it up. So he said, well, if you put in Ted Talks or Uncle Teddy, yes, you'll find it. So I get back to Ted. You put in Ted Talks, see what happens. Yeah. There are a million, there are a billion Ted Talks. Listen, dude, I, I'm trying to help. And I, I love John Freeman, great yeah. dude, always nice to me. But Ted's my guy, and and your guy, and I want people to be able to find it. I'm like, all right, fuck it, dude. I I don't have <laughs> fuck any. It. It's gotten to fuck it. I don't give a shit. Okay, I'm telling you, you got this thing fucking marketed wrong, and and Ted knows it's fucked up. I guarantee you, Ted knows it's fucked up. Yeah. Because I get back to Ted, and I go, look. I'm just telling you, you know how this town is. Yeah. And we can't find it under Ted Leitner, but your goddamn co-author's telling me to, to hype the fact that it's Uncle Teddy or Ted Talk. So within half hour of me and Ted having this conversation, yes. Ted puts the tweet out, which was great. If you're looking for the book, look for an uncle under Uncle Teddy. I'll say this, Dave. I blame Kaplan. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, then you go in the back and you got all these stories from different voices. And it's cool because Mud's there and Bill Walton's there and others. I got fucking Rich Ornberger trying to tell me. Rich Ornberger's going to tell me what Ted means to this town? Seriously? When, when was Ted working with Rich? They do asset games Oh, together. shit. I didn't even know. Yeah. But whatever. I don't give a shit. Is Hank in there? No. He's not. Is Dave Marcus in there? Jack. Nope. <laughs> nope. Ken Levine. Vaskersian. Orsillo. Oh, that's cool. Agler, Junior, Mud. That's cool. Yeah. Cap is in it. Um, it's fun, man. It's Trevor. Good. Yeah, so some fun things, right? I, Dave, I would I would say this. I, I haven't read it yet, but uh, a buddy of mine at work who loves the pods and everything else. And they go, hey, we probably heard them all. Yeah, I have. But he's 
a guy that that means a lot to me and and everything else, and and I'm happy to support him. Yeah, so, so you did the right thing as a friend to buy the book and support him. And I did the right thing by calling, saying you can't fucking find it yes. under your name. I just googled TED Talks right now. You can't find shit. Okay, so look under, go under Amazon and go Uncle Teddy, and see if it comes up. Okay. I'm just telling you, it's I'm doing this for Ted. It's, it's ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. But, but Ted's, Ted wants it to work. Of course. And Everybody he's not, would. But Ted's not involved. It's like when people text me and go, Dave fucked up the show. All right, I'm, I'm just down here. I'm just a, I'm just a town, okay? <laughs> That's it. I don't have anything to do with getting this thing into the cloud. Now, if you put in Uncle Teddy, does the book come up? It does come up. Along next to it is a teddy bear that says Uncle Teddy. There's a bedtime story. Well, the one you want is the book. Is that the one? Yeah. So that's it. And I know uh, my buddy Matt Coyle did a little Amazon search and said it started, it's getting out of the gates good. But if you're a Ted guy like we are, then just look for it under Uncle Teddy and help get the word out because uh, it would be cool if the book's successful for him. Uncle Teddy's fond memories, crazy stories, heartfelt reflections. Yeah. There you go. And so uh, off you go. So off you go. Right there. What's your favorite Ted story? That's a great question. That's a great question. I'll tell you the most amazing thing I'll say I've ever seen Ted do. It goes back to 9-11 and we're coming up on the anniversary but I was, it was my first day doing morning sports after you stopped doing morning sports. Yep. So I'm there at like. No, it was a Tuesday, day two. Day, was it day two? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm trying to think. It wasn't Labor Day, right? No, because I'm trying my to think why I would have worked, worked on Monday. Anyway, Ted walks in, was, wasn't there. You know, he wasn't there when everything was happening. He was driving in when everything was going <laughs> to shit. Right. He literally walks in. <laughs> Ted would dress all crazy in the morning. He's wearing like uh, Oklahoma track pants, yeah, Oklahoma State track pants, the bright orange. And then he's wearing like a gray Oklahoma Sooner sweatshirt. Two conflicting schools, which is always weird. Yeah. And then he walks in. I go, Ted, you won't believe what just happened. And I'm trying to tell him from the parking lot to the studio, which isn't that far right. of a walk. And he sits down on that mic like he was in New York City, and fuck, he was he the biggest, it, biggest pro of all time. Yeah, he, he hit a home run with those shows and was money every day after that. I don't think I went on the air for over a month on that show, but I showed up every day just watching him do a show. Yeah. he. Uh, I mean, it would be ridiculous for us to talk sports. So Halda was the sports guy on that. Yeah. And I love Halda. But Mark, Where is Halda? I think he's teaching at Palomar. Okay, good. But Mark was buddies... With a lot of guys that I grew up with. And, dude, just the, the coolest fucking thing about Halda. So good doing Aztec games. Remember how good he was? Yeah, doing he should that? be in the book. And, god damn, he was so good and such a funny fucking guy. And just cool. And we did a bunch of shows with Mark. Didn't we do Charger Post Game out at Sweet Lou's Barbecue with Halda? Yeah, we did. Yeah, just like. We did Player Sports Grill, I remember. We did there. Yeah. Well, who were we out at Sweet Lou's with? I think Mark. I, think, I thought it was just you, me, and and Horton were there. All right. Well, he's the he's the head women's golf coach at Palomar, dude. So Halda did sports in the morning with Ted, but I remember 
that there was frustration because you got to let Ted get the final line. Yeah. Now, those guys had been friends for 25 years probably. And so for whatever reason, the chemistry just wasn't working. So I got asked to go fill in in the mornings. Mark had been out and I filled in. And all I would do is fucking play, give the Padres score, right? Dodgers score. And then Frank Anthony and I would find some audio of some French Canadian hockey player, you know, Gilles Gilbert, discussing the game-winning goal from the Sabres-Hartford Whalers game. And I'd play like a 15-second bite because when I went in there, Ted didn't want to engage. It was his chance to just be off, reset, read the paper. Often I was sitting there. I know, Dave, you had the same thing. You'd sit across the table from the guy, and he's got the fucking paper up. Yeah, watching his face. I didn't give a shit. (laughs) So my whole goal was to get everything in, and then I would just find sound bites. And Frank and I would do this all day long. We would just find sound bites, and we would just set it up. Great game in the NHL last night. Hartford and Montreal It went to overtime. Gilly Gilbert gets the game winner. Here he is discussing the game. And, and it would be this heavy French-Canadian accent, and we would just let this fucking sound play, right? <laughs> Maybe like a follow-up question. Uh, Jeff, uh, what the hell is that? <laughs> Ted, that's Gilly Gilbert breaking down the heart, and he loved it. Yeah. So we And then I'd just be, Dave and I are in here tonight at 7. Get the fuck out of the way. So every chance I could find to just get the most random soundbite, and it was always just the same thing because I knew he hadn't paid yeah. one bit of attention to anything I said. Great game last night in the English Premier League. It was down to Tottenham and Northern Ireland. And, uh, you know, Lucky yeah. Larson wins it. Here's he, and it's just his strong Cockney accent. We just let the bite go. I'd just be nodding. Yeah, oh, yeah, this is good. Uh, uh, Jeff, what the hell is this? Ted, what are, you do- what are you doing? Ted, you missed it. It was a great game. And that was it. And then we just got the hell out of the way. So, yeah, I had fun. But when you're living in La Costa and driving at 5 a.m. to be on the air at 6 and then staying down there till 10 and then driving back to La Costa – and then flipping around and driving down so you and I could be on the air at 7, staying there till 10.30 at night, cutting promos and doing commercials, and then driving back. Dude, and then doing... Weekends. We did Aztecs, Aztecs, football Aztecs and Padres, football. And, and Chargers. I just we said, never Ted, got a day off. I said, Ted, I can't fucking do this anymore. But my two favorite Ted stories... Dude, that was hard, man. That was one of the hardest things we've ever done. Yeah. It's I a, remember. Dude, because those, you want to be great for him. That's the other thing. Well, and, well, that part was hard because, as Jeff said, you do the sports update. There are times where you needed to prepare for almost 15 minutes of stuff. And there are yeah. times where you only needed 90 seconds. You just didn't know until Ted was going to decide if he wanted to talk to you or didn't want to talk to you. Yeah. But I'm talking about the consecutive days. I remember, dude, my dude. skin was like pasty white. Like, I, I look like powder. Yeah, it looked like Seamus. I remember, like, just dropping weight like crazy, dude. I felt like shit. I've never been more tired in my life than that schedule we were running. You have no idea what the hell you have said or hadn't said the whole thing. Yeah. So, my my two favorite Ted stories. This is his second book, by the way. Should be people that worked with Ted just fucking telling stories. Oh, yeah. Because we got a million of them that, fuck, are unbelievable. 
So the two that I love are, I they had a guy named Phil that screen calls. Johnny Dean, John Dean ran the board, was Ted's producer for the afternoon show, three to five. And this guy, Phil, would... Nah, 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 would uh, screen calls, but Ted needed somebody to play off of, and, and Phil didn't like it. And Phil's fucking cool as shit. Great dude, still friends with him. <coughs> so Sniff comes to me. Dave Sniff says, I want you to screen calls for Ted. I go, dude, I'm booking my show. It's three to five, I'm confirming. Fuck it. Just do it during the show. You're fine. So all day long, I say to Ted, hey, man, I got a show I got to put together. I'm Go ahead. All day long. Ah, uh, what are you doing in there? <laughs> I just fucking told just, you. I just fucking said. Trying to goddamn lock in Buster Olney. <laughs> <laughs> Guys in there booking guests for a show at 830 at night. Nobody listens to. This is the show that drives the station. What the fuck's that mean? Fucker. So, so John Dean and I would sit there. That, Ted will kill me if he ever hears me say I He knows I'm right. So we would book this show, and we said it all the time. We would have, people would call in, and it would be like, you could have like, Al and Poway, the world is flat. Um, uh, you know, John and Escondido, we faked the moon landing, Right. Uh, Bob in Spring Valley. Hey, Hitler had some decent points. Okay. And then it would be Emily in Del Cerro, Ted fan. And I would write in parentheses, 98 years old. Don't take her. So he's looking at the yeah. board. Every and I call would, is interesting, but her. I tell him, Ted, we got three maniacs on the line. Uh, Del Cerro, you there? And I hit the goddamn hello. And then there'd be this long pause because I'd always say, you're not Larry King. Yeah. People are excited to talk to you. Can you please just say, Emily, it's Ted. Yeah, he did. He always went the Larry King route. Del Cero, you there? Fuck. And then they would never know if they're on there. They didn't know. They'd sit there with 15 <laughs> seconds of dead air. Uh, Hello? And then Ted, hey, what's going on? Well, Ted, I moved here in 1871, and I didn't have to say, I love your show. Oh, that's sweet. And I'm like, fuck. Here goes the guy. Holocaust was, was <laughs> decent. Drops off. Fake the moon landing. Drops off. Right? Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, this one time I was down. Where was I? I was there, and I'm just like, holy shit, <laughs> losing my mind, right? Every day. Stop saying Del Cero. Just say it's Emily. Okay, tomorrow. We're going to do it better. Lakeside, you there? Fuck. Dude, I remember. Remember <laughs> Dude, I, I know what there. I remembered was you'd be in studio. He'd be at the stadium for a Padre game. Yes, you'd be. Yeah. And I'd be sitting behind him, and I had yeah. to write down everything you said. Yeah. And I'd have to give him the list of yeah. callers, and then you would be, fuck, screaming like a maniac. <laughs> so then. But I remember you saying, 
This is not Larry King. All the time. Nobody knows they're on the fucking air. Nobody knows there's Spring Valley. God damn it, I said. You're the number one guy in this town. That's why I said to him every day. You're number one guy. Can you just act like you're interested? Please. Fuck, a guy would never do it. Just knew it made me nuts. So then, I shouldn't even tell this. Go ahead. There are a couple of them that are outstanding. So Ted talks about his divorces all the time. So there would be exes that would call the hotline. Yeah, and that's uncomfortable being in the room when that happens. So Ted's in studio, and he's directly, like, it's diagonal. He's like, and I, I'm, I'm nice to everybody. Hi, can I speak to Ted, please? Well, we're on the air. Can I let him know who's calling? It's um, so-and-so. So-and-so. So Ted would be in there. I'd have to put it on hold. Hey, Ted, uh, so-and-so on the hotline. Ah! I go, fuck. So I'd be watching, right? But I don't want to watch because it feels very... It's right in front of your face. I know, but it feels very voyeuristic. And I'm like, maybe I'll book Posner right now. (laughs) And then I'm like, Diener, John Dean and I would be like, fuck, we're counting down, you know? Yeah, coming back from a break. Yeah, coming up tomorrow at Hudson and Bauer, you know, Glenn Erath. And we're like, Ted, five (laughs) seconds. (laughs) And yeah, 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 yeah. You can see him in there. Ted, three, two... Bang! That phone hits the wall. Oh, shit. Uh, how you doing, Big O'Ken? And I was like, this fucking guy yeah, is amazing. He's a pro. So the one time that he, he... He's done those calls, though, in front of you when you were doing sports. And that's where, when you're in the room with them. Oh, yeah. And that's... Because you don't know where to look. No. <laughs> no. Like there's a whole train wreck happening three feet from your face. Right. But the good thing is, I think why Ted and I always got along and why all of that shit, why he never... Like, he let me do all that shit. He knew I loved him. He knew I loved yeah. his show. I wanted his show to be great. So he was in. Like, yeah. he and I were always great. Yeah. Never any problems with us. So I could do no. shit like, uh, well, I mean, he's Ted. He's yeah. the fucking man. You don't want to be. But he knew I wanted his show to be great. And that's why. And Johnny Dean wanted his show to be great. So, yeah, if we, if we push back, he was cool. So... This was the one time, this was the one time when he was honestly ready to kill me. So we were in charge, a kid named Kevin Finnerty and I were in charge of putting highlights together. So we would pull all the highlights from the Padres. And we had a situation just a couple of weeks ago. I was talking about this to, to Posner about this. We just had a situation. Remember where they hung the star twice in the same inning? It was like yeah. within the first four batters. So Jay and, uh, and Dave Marcus were talking and wondering if the star had ever been hung twice in the same inning. And, and I blurted, Bob Chandler did it. Bob Chandler did it in, I think, 95 or 96. And it was like back-to-back plays, um, Caminetti and, and Finley. Finley. I remember this. Remember this? I do. And Bob got like four innings a week. Yeah. And... He absolutely nailed the calls on both of them. Yeah. So good. So I tell Finnerty, we're making a promo out of that. So we make a promo, and however it goes, Bob nails the Caminetti call, then he nails the Finley call. Pottery baseball right here, 760 KFMB. Well, I would intentionally, I, you know, we probably had 20 promos in rotation, and Ted was all over him, and Jerry was all over him. But because I'm a complete asshole, I would say to Frank all the time, 
Just play that fucking Chandler highlight. Uh, Jeff. Hey, what's up, Ted? Am I on any of these? <laughs> I go, Ted, I hang the star twice in, in the same inning like we just did there, and I'll, I'll get you on a promo. I'm like, he's on 27 yeah. promos. Dude, he did everything in that building. Play that fucking Chandler promo again. Jesus. <laughs> All the time. Is Jerry on any of these? I think so. If nothing else, I got one from last year. I can move into the rotation. And then we were just, but dude, like just honestly, Dave, for him being who he is, I can't say enough how great he has been to me. Yeah. When we got blown out after that whole shit, he called me every day, man. He's just the He's cool. He's one of those guys that literally said, we we told him when he was in here, take my phone number down, put it on your resume. Have anybody call me you you need to have call me. Here's my cell phone number. Dude, that's how he is. Yeah. And and if you're one of his guys, dude, you're one of his guys. Yeah. And that's why it was important to me to talk to him the other day. And so, yeah, if you're looking for the book, um, please just Amazon it under Uncle Teddy and it'll come up. And and then it's, uh, yeah, because for those of us that have been here for a while and know what he is and, and, uh, and what he means to this town, man, it's pretty fun. Yep. I want to ask you about um, a couple things I'd written down for tonight. I wanted to ask you about is the, the Dodgers obviously are in town, and you look at who they're pitching, and they go, you know, Urias yesterday, they go mm-hmm. Bueller today, sure. they go Scherzer tomorrow. I mean, three guys that could also, all three could possibly win the Cy Young. Yeah. You, you have all three of these guys. The Trevor Bauer thing came out last week where the judge basically in the hearing said there wasn't enough evidence. There's no, he hasn't been arrested. Nothing's gone on. So the Dodgers and Trevor Bauer in Major League Baseball, they kind of find themselves in a hole. I think the Dodgers would have loved to have cut ties with Trevor Bauer. At the same time, the only way the Dodgers probably could cut ties with Trevor Bauer is if they just wrote him a check for $105 million and said walk away. Now, if he doesn't get a chance to be reinstated, the players' union is going to sue Major League Baseball. They're going to go after Major League Baseball and go after the Dodgers, saying there's no reason why this guy shouldn't have a chance to earn a living on the field. You know, yeah, the Dodgers are paying him right now, but what do you do? So if you're the Dodgers, the fan base doesn't sound like they want him back. As, as good as he was last year as a Cy Young Award winner, what do you do if you're the Dodgers? Trevor Bauer, does he ever play in Major League Baseball again? Where does this thing go? What do you think happens? You know, man, it, it, there's so many layers to it. I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I, I don't, Dave. I mean, you look at it, and it's just. I mean, look, and I think the other thing is, without going too far down the rabbit hole, um, there's members of the family that we know. Yeah. And it's and that makes it really, really tough, too. Yeah. Um, makes it really, really tough. I, I don't know. You know Dave, we, there were so many things where you come in and you go, <coughs> I have a, an opinion on this, and I'll tell you, and I don't care what you think. But that one's insanely tough. That's a tough one. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was, um, was at the Helix football game with my ex, who's an attorney, and has done a lot of different things. And, and we were talking about this particular situation and some of the things that had been said in, uh, in, in text messages and all those different things and how do you handle it. And it's really, really hard, right? I yeah. mean, and, and you see, there's just so many opinions. For me, David, it goes so far beyond whether or not 
he can he can pitch or should he pitch or anything. And that's not a Padre fan anti Dodgers. No, I'm just saying. I just look yeah, at. I understand it, you what go, you're saying as a human being. I understand what you're saying and what your beliefs are, and my beliefs are the same as yours. I'm just saying for him, he's eventually going to push back and go. I I deserve a chance to earn a living. I I think Dave. The other thing is too is know what you don't know, and and that's what. I sat there talking to, we were married for 11 years together for 15, still today texting, you know, supporting her in a in a, a situation that's insanely frustrating. I mean, she and I are as close today as we've ever been since, she'd be like, thanks for the 15 years. Uh, we started dating in 2004, so I'm glad those other two years didn't matter to you. So in fairness to her, 17 years. Um. But I, I don't know that world, man. I, I've never I've never dated anybody. I've never known anybody where the the at the end of the night they want to be choked out, they want to be punched, they want to be all these different things. And so when I read that, uh, right, the first thing I where this is weird where I am now in my life is you look at it and you go, my God, as a parent. How do you look at that and go? That's that's my daughter. Asking, yeah, that's crazy too. That's scary yeah, to me. I do know. I do know a girl though that is into all this stuff. That is straight up before this case yeah. even happened. I knew that was her thing. I just uh, I, I I'm so supposedly he had somebody sign. He had her sign everything that was about to happen. That that that's just one of the stories that everything was written down. It uh, it's really again. I don't want to come off. I'm defending Trevor Bauer. That's not my point. My point is as just keeping it in professional baseball. I what do you do? A hundred and five million dollar check. I don't care how much money you have. Yeah. Well, that's a big. Hey, he pitched for us for two months, and we're going to pay him to leave. Well, and I think right now, if you're the Dodgers, if you're Rob Manfred, if you're Tony Clark, right? There are a lot of people that are looking at that on both sides. High-powered attorneys. Now, the way I understood what happened the other day was that the judge just determined that the restraining order could not be enforced. But again, I married an attorney. I'm not an attorney. And, and really, Dave, I just feel like that is so out of the realm of things that I know that to just blurt out an opinion without really having it be an educated opinion I just feel it's a great disservice to both Bauer and and to the woman. I okay, just, so what I'm asking is opinion-wise, what do you think? Does he play for the Dodgers this year? I don't see how you can. I really don't. I don't see how you can, which is weird too because let's just say hypothetically it comes out and, and they were to rule in his favor. Yeah. Uh, he goes, they ruled in my favor. That's kind of what he's saying right now. This judge has ruled in my favor. Man, uh, it, it, that's the slippery slope that you get on when you start breaking down the morals clause and the yes. character clause and everything else. But, but the other thing is, when you look at the Dodgers, right, and you look at their history and how they've done a lot of great things, and Rachel Robinson means a lot to that organization. They've got a lot of females in that organization. It's probably the number one thing they're proud of most is, is the whole thing with Jackie Robinson and yeah. setting the standard on the way major league, not major league, but professional organizations are supposed to behave. Now, I'm not going to sit here and imply that Rachel Robinson is or isn't up to date on what's going oh, on. She's 99 years old. Yeah. 
But I'm just saying, and and the Padres and a lot of teams, right? I'm yeah. sure the Kansas City Royals or any other random team is very, very aware, and especially after what we've learned as a society over the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, dude, you see crazy things across the board. I don't know, Dave. I mean, he he may make the argument that I've been cleared and I should be given the right to to perform. But if you go in and the other 24 guys or 20 of the other 24 guys have no fucking interest in you being there. They don't. They deleted them all from social media. Yeah. I just, I, I don't think it's as simple an answer as, as yeah, let them play or, or let them go. I, I think that is one that, that Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers, Dave Roberts, Mark Walter, and the rest of that, Stan Caston are going to have to look at and go, all right, what are we doing here? And and Dave, I, I just think, I think they look at it and go, we're really, really talented. I mean, the guys are. Oh, they are. They're, they are. They're very talented. <laughs> and here's, I mean, look, Kershaw's not even playing yet. Imagine, just say, imagine if he was playing, and you're going, holy cow, you only need four starting pitchers. Now you go, which guy's on the out? It'd probably be Kershaw's the guy that's not in the rotation for the postseason. If he came back, I, you know, Major League Baseball is doing an investigation themselves. Yeah, I'm guessing. And I bet almost everything I have that the Dodgers are hoping something comes up. They don't want to have to fucking hit this thing head on. And they definitely don't want to write a check for $105 million. And they definitely yeah. don't want to wear their uniform. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing too, right? Where if you look at it, it's really hard because that's the team that, that in this city. Nice commercial, but everyone's wearing blue. <laughs> we've, we've for Jerome's. Come on, Jerry. Um. Yeah, we hate that team, but <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, and the other thing is, for me, right, growing up in a, a single mom, I, I was raised by my mom and my sister. Um, you know, probably if you look at it, probably the be- three of the best friends I've ever had in my life were female, which there's probably a lot of people go, why would they put up? I have no idea. They never choice. They have a choice, is right. And I have, like I said, a great relationship with with my former wife. So uh, it's just, and and we know the family. Yeah, and that's the hard thing too. So I don't, I don't know, Dave. It's it's really there. There's a lot to that, and not anything where I just go, oh, this is. You guys know me. Done this for a long time. There's my man, Go Go, Go Go Gomez. Fuck, I I don't know. And that, it's going to fall on people a lot smarter than you and me, especially smarter than you. Oh, thanks. I like okay. that shot there. All right, here's the other thing I wanted to bring up to you. Yes. The fight at Heinz Field <laughs> over the weekend, <laughs> which as we transition to this, I, Jeff, I don't think I've watched a clip more than I watched this one. And I'll tell you, it's my favorite fight of all time. <laughs> it's it, it's I, pretty I like, fucking good. It is pretty fucking good. There's so many things that go on yes. in this fight. And it's I know everybody's seen film. it. It is. There's so many things to look at. Yes. In this fucking fight. And we saw one a week ago with the Rams at SoFi and the whole deal. And, you know, the guy in the Aaron, Aaron Donald shirt got the shit kicked out of him. But this one, this one came into a lot of, a lot of, oh, my God, what would you do? You know, like, because yeah. we all put ourselves in these situations. What would you do? Yeah. And the deal is the <laughs> woman was out of control. Yes. She smacks this man in the face. Well, let's go back. Hang okay. on. Let's go back. Let's take this thing just like the Zapruder film because we've all watched it. We go to Heinz Field. We're approximately three rows behind the action when we join. 
And we see that this woman is up and verbally engaging with a man in front of her. And you can look at and go, well, she's white. He's black. We don't know if there's any racial undertones or if that's just a coincidence. But there, as you're watching, just first time through, you happen to notice that to her left, there's a gentleman in a ball cap who appears to be trying to ignore what's going on to his immediate right. Yes. And just probably trying to do what he told all his buddies throughout the course of the week. Man, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to get a chance to go out and see the Steelers play. And now he's sitting there, and you're like, well, how this sad sack of shit <laughs> end up in the middle of it? And then you realize, well, he's there with the lovely lady with the vulgar mouth. Yeah. Right? Yep. And he's sitting there right there. Wouldn't you, that's the guy I want to know. I want to watch that with him. And go, what are you thinking at this point right here? Because it doesn't seem like you're trying to do anything. No, she runs the house. You're not being right. There's no chance at all that you're trying to be the peacemaker. Yeah. She's jacked up on Iron City beer and Clark bars, <laughs> as my man Saul would say. And this guy has done nothing. He's like, he's not going to be the third yeah. man in yes. at this point. But then I couldn't figure out what the gentleman said that provoked her to slap him or was she, did she just get swept up in the moment? It looked like she got swept in the moment because where the camera picked up and I'm guessing again, we don't know what happened beforehand, yeah. but he didn't look agitated. He like, he didn't have his hands up by his face. Like, Hey, we're going to fight. Well, he's not going to hit a woman. Well, almost that's what's funny. But at, but before he gets yeah. slapped, he's yeah. not going to hit no, her. No, not at all. No, he's not. And he has the right to defend himself. Yes. But to his credit, he doesn't. He doesn't. So she slaps him, and now he kind of leans in, kind of flinches, like, maybe I'll do it. And then to his credit, he doesn't. Yeah. And then what happens? <laughs> well, now the guy steps up because he has to make a move. He has to protect his wife. Now, at what point does he think, that's a guy you look at, you go, this guy's never been in never a fight chance. in his life. Never chance. No chance. Because the first thing that you see when he stands up, yeah. first you look at his hat. And this looks like a hat he fucking bought off yeah. of Amazon. Yeah. And the first thing you look at, look how low he's keeping his left hand. Yes. Well, yeah, he's never been in a fight. Never been in a fight. He's clearly, there's a size differential yes. from the guy leaning down. You and I always talk about fights at the stadium. Who has the advantage? And the other thing that, that this guy clearly doesn't think about when he stands up is adrenaline is on the other guy's side. Yes. He's been going at it. His blood is flowing. And it's he's going to have a really, really short fuse. Plus, he just got slapped. Yeah. That right there wakes you up in a whole different realm. And any of us that enjoy World Star <laughs> know that this kind of shit goes viral quick. Yeah. James Royal, Chris, you know, Fairchild, all you guys are out there sending me this shit. And this guy knows it. <laughs> so the guy with the ball cap gets up. I'm not even watching the video. I can tell you by heart. He gets up and he kind of leans in. And that left hand is down like he's looking for a handkerchief. It's down by his pocket. So my man in the T-shirt has no hesitation at all because he just got hit. And now this guy just stands up and basically says, hey, 
I'll be your Huckleberry. Yes. I'll be the fucking pinata. And the guy in the t-shirt goes, deal. Smokes him with a right, right on the button. Clean, short, thrown hook. The hat comes off. You go, this guy's way premature balding. (laughs) And he starts to lean a little bit, like leaning Tower of Pisa. But he, on instincts, still thinks he has a chance. The legs are starting to go. And he leans back in, and my guy in the T-shirt says, time for you to go to sleep. Exactly right. And the guy in the front goes, deal. (laughs) So he gets clipped right on the fucking jaw, and now he's out. Out. Cold. And I'll tell you what, that's probably the best 15 seconds of his night, because he didn't have to listen to the dumb bitch (laughs) next to him running her fucking mouth. So now she reaches over. Because she's so classy. Tries to wake his fucking ass up. He's just there. It's like Will Ferrell in old school after he takes the dart. exactly right. He's just on the beach listening to Dreamweaver. Next thing you know, his chick is, hey, get up. We got work to do here. What? (laughs) That's exactly what it looked like. And then all, all the fans in Pittsburgh, just like my friend Nick Konecki, Pittsburgh guy, all talk, all hat, no horse. Hey, she did it. Hey, she did it. Nobody goes down to save the guy in the Amazon ball cap. They just let him get fucking starched. The guy in the Jack Lambert shirt, Jersey didn't give a shit that that guy's knocked out over here. Uh, I mean, that guy. He... <laughs> Dude, I, I'm dying to know what went through his head when he came out of being in a coma for 15 seconds because his legs are complete jello. Like, he can barely stand. Dude, he had no he has, shit he at all. No, he has no... <laughs> That's what people wrote underneath in the comments. Because she took a punch, too. She took a hit also. And well, she so, stood right in. And they, the people are writing in, man, she has a much better chin than he did. Like, this pork sap. That looked to me like when smoking Joe Frazier, God rest his soul, God rest his soul. Yeah. told his son Marvis, I think you can beat Tyson. Marvis was like, huh? That's exactly right. I think you can beat Tyson. Okay, Dad. And Marvis went in and kind of wore his, you know, floral green trunks like his dad. Tyson said, go right back here in this corner. I'm going to fucking turn the lights out. Marvis said, you got it, champ. (laughs) Bang. Bang. Whoa, my legs aren't working. That's what you saw the other night with this guy. He should have just sat the fuck down. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? She's going to leave him? That's fucking addition by subtraction. Now, listen, that guy had those little fucking wet noodle arms. He's not, he's not pulling anybody Pittsburgh's finest. Oh, my gosh. But now, goddamn, what, where do you think that guy fucking works, Dave? Fuck. Dunder Mifflin? <laughs> Dude, that poor guy. That he's poor guy go- just wanted to go watch a Steelers game. Yeah. Because he couldn't afford a regular season game. So he went to a preseason game. And now... A night out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he goes to work, and guess who's waiting for him? Nobody knows it, but he works with Steve Bartman. (laughs) Bartman tells him, I thought I was the biggest douche on YouTube. Hey, Steve, shut up. Soon I get my jaw unwired, I fucking yell at you. You give me my straw? You give me my chicken broth? Dude, you got fucking dropped. Shit, I never saw it coming. 
<laughs> what do you mean? Is it coming? Guy lined up. Fucking that pit, that punch was coming from Philadelphia. Not in a moment. In a moment, I was focused on. Well, my thinking was I was gonna go to the body and then take him to the head. But you guys just take your cap. You got what? My jaw wires shut. You got to change your cat. Hey, don't talk perverted to me, you <laughs> asshole. I didn't say anything about my cock. I said, give me your cat. I'm your cock. God damn. That guy. <laughs> What's more embarrassing? That, that he guy, got knocked out or that he lives with that lady? Well, did she at least take care of that? Oh, I sleep on a couch. Because I kept waking up in the middle of the night crying. Her snoring wakes me up anyways. Her what? It hurts to talk. Fuck. But you know what? Go back, go back. Listen to the video. You know she never hear? You know she never hear? He leaking. <laughs> oh, they said he's sleeping. Shit, they did. Shit. Why are you going to be like that, Alvin? Why are you going to be like that, Bartman? <laughs> What a fucking mess. I got two boxes of granola bars in my desk. I can't use them. You want them? Two boxes of granola bars. <laughs> With a death hash? Yes. You fucking starched you. I should have had you. What? Just had you. Don't get up. You knew he was just locked in. Oh, that right? poor guy. That everybody's poor guy. filming. Dude, Stop. everybody's filming. Watch that is Sebast it. Sebastian Maniscalco's got the greatest fucking bit about this. Where he says, you know, 20 years ago, it was like, hey, you want to go? Yeah, we're going to go. He's like, no, everybody's a goddamn yeah. MMA guy. Yeah. And you go, hey, you want to go? The guy goes, yeah. And he's got you in a rear naked choke and everybody's filming. You piss yourself. <laughs> Don't do it. It's nothing to get. Yeah. Cooler heads yeah. prevail, as the great Frank Gifford used to say. I talked to a guy the other day who we were talking about fights, and he was saying yeah. how he doesn't get involved in any of them anymore. He goes, because everybody does have their phones out. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, I can't tell you how many times I've been punched in the face because I won't fight back. <laughs> you know? And the worst is, I'm sure this has happened to almost every guy. You ever try and break a fight up, and you, by far, you take the worst speeding by you breaking should. a fight up. Nobody gives a fuck. Fucking Robert Reed. Goddamn peacemaker. <laughs> Mike, pull up Robert Reed. Mike Brady. I was like, who'd be the one guy? Right? Who? Who? Let him fucking go at it. Oh my gosh. There's nobody. Yeah, I, I like that. Actually, I like that. If two people are kind of going at it, yeah. and then the one guy kind of walks in the middle and then just takes the random right hand right in the face. Oh. You just see that expression. Oh, shit. Yeah, there you go. Asshole. <laughs> yeah. I don't see you in a striped shirt. Oh, my gosh. That goddamn Richard Steele. Oh, my gosh. I've, I've literally been punched, though, doing the same thing. Trying to like, grab one of the two Good. and then end up getting punched right in the side of the face. Do it tomorrow. <laughs> what does tomorrow have to do with it? I just think a lot of people in this town would feel better leading into the weekend. 
if we were able to share that you got you randomly sad, punched in the face. I think if you were to do a poll on who do you like to punch more, me or the fucking guy that held you in traffic on the five freeway for crashing his plane? Well, it'd be you. It'd be me. No. I'm not the guy that stuck you in traffic for three hours. Nah, but that guy didn't mean to be a dick. Dude, again, I'll go back to what we said yesterday. Find a golf course. Fucking, it should be a felony yeah. to land on a fucking freeway. Yeah, no shit. Dude, that's right by uh, Surf and Turf. Yeah. We should be able to put that guy in his plane out there and try to hit him with our fucking four iron. Oh, shit, I could never do it. Um, we, <laughs> Dave, I want you to hear something. Okay. Are you about to play a clip? Last clip you played, people said they couldn't hear it. Uh, turn the volume up. Get a better radio. Okay, is this coach again? No. Okay. This is, so we told you earlier tonight there was a bat in the house. Yeah. And we posted this to Facebook. I'm going to tag you in this so uh, a lot of people can see it. Great. Uh, Matt Coyle, you should be embarrassed. To you or to me? Both of us. Great. Nan Pace, this is hilarious. I so promise it won't hurt you, but I can see where it is giving you the willies. I personally am a huge fan of bats. They're so important to our ecosystem. Without <sighs> them and, and bees, we're goners. I like bat boys better than bats. Yeah. Fuck off. Alan Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Weirdo. What the hell is that supposed to mean? You're the guy who said it. JoJo's like, what the fuck? Uh, Alan Taylor, big fan of yours. Come on, pal, A P A L L E T. Are you fucking serious? Misspell my name? Yeah, Thanks. just use a bet. The impact you made on Gavin is is unmatched. Yes. Uh, my mom. You should have called Rita into the garage. She would have taken care of it. <laughs> I tried to. Uh, you were here. I told Rita to go take care of it. I know. She hustled out of here. Wendy. Uh, my friend Wendy, girls, get back to work. Vita, you two are ridiculous. <laughs> Jim Bettencourt, two grown-ass men. Grown-ass man? Fucking A, dude, you got a Miss Pac-Man in your goddamn den, and you're watching WWF. Or e. WWE. <laughs> JoJo Tarantino, a lot of room behind the TV for all those shoes. Sean Walchek, are they going? shoes back there. Are they going live every podcast from now on? Because if they do, I'm all in. Uh, Sean Walchef. I told him he needed the man cave screen door, and he doesn't fucking listen. Dude, it's true, man. God I found the screen you, door that goes right in front of the garage. Door. All right, it's let's great. see if we can hear this. Can I? Can I go back? Oh, here. Here's what we serve. There's a bat above the TV. We're trying to do the podcast, and Dave feels very confident. Dave, how you feeling? Nervous. What are you thinking? What's your plan to get this bat out of here? You're going to throw it right through that goddamn TV. Jesus, where am I hiding? It's running. All right, I'm going to hide behind this corner. Okay. Yeah, that's not what I need to hear. All right. This is good. God dang, I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous. Jesus. Because the shoe, the bat couldn't be less impacted by Dave's first attempt. Oh my God! Dave's gonna break this TV. Oh, that was closer. Hang on, I'm gonna see if I can zoom in. Can I zoom in? Hey, look. Oh, there. Oh. Yeah, there's the bat. See it up there? Oh. That's it. Dave's not gonna win anything. Hi, Kath. Hey, Karen Van Wolven. Who else is here? Jane's here. My friend Kathy Zamello's here, Dave. All of my Rolando All-Stars are here. Jane Palmer's there. I don't need to bring you guys on camera. See the bat up there, you guys? 
Karen Van Wolven over there at Wong's waiting for live music. God dang it, Karen, you should be here. What? I just lost two shoes behind the TV. There's two shoes lost behind the TV? Guys, see the bat up there? I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous. Kathy? It's three people watching. Oh. Here it comes. Dave was throwing 90 shoes at this bat, and the bat could not be less impacted. Ah! There's another shoe lost behind the TV. God damn, I'm the worst cameraman. I'm watching live. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what it came out of. <laughs> That's what it came out of. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It can't fly. Where'd it go? It blew out. No, never went out. I did fly at me. Is it on my back? It's on your back. It's in your hair. I don't know. Matt Coyle's here trash talking us. I don't like that at all. Where'd it go? T. Jefferson Parker wouldn't do that, Coyle. Be better than it. How many times are you going to ask me where it went? Because it's supposed to fly by your fucking head. Well, I did it. I mean, it's still in here. Throw another shoe at the TV. Maybe that'll rattle it. This was scary. No, took off. Where is it? Oh, Dave, I bet it's up in the... What are y'all nervous for? What? What did you just say? It's probably up here in the door. All right, here. I'm going to shut the door. Yeah, so it'll stay in there with you. Oh, that's a bad idea. I like it. Where do you guys think the bat is? Nice night in Eastlake. All right. Now, I think this is when it comes out again. It does. It comes out right here. We got rid of everybody. Everybody, Karen Van Wolven quit on us, Kathy. How about that? I'm going to wave to you. All right. Well, that's probably it, guys. If the bat comes back, we'll come back. Hold on. Was it on the door? No. Fuck. Do you guys see a bat anywhere? We're in Eastlake. All right, that's all we got. See you guys. Well, Kathy, have a good night. Oh, you didn't even get the part where no. it right at you? Oh, shit. shit. So no. when you hear the TV get crazy loud, we asked Alexa, what do you do to get a bat out of here? Yeah. And it said it doesn't like loud noises, so we <laughs> blasted soccer, and it fucking fell asleep, I think, on the wall as soon as we started playing soccer. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. God dang it. Look at that. That wasn't fun. Uh, or... This wouldn't give any fucking rabies. Yeah, I'm just putting this up uh, for... Jesus. All right. So, I'll, tell, I'll tell everybody about our good friend, Brian Curry. Brian Curry is the guy who wants to help you uh, get a brand new house, sell the house that you currently have, get the most for it. There's only one person to talk to when it comes to real estate in San Diego. It's the best in the business. That's Brian Curry. Again, are you going to sell your home and make more money than you thought you could ever make? Or are you going to sit there and sell your home and say, where am I going to go next? What is your solution? Brian Curry is the guy to walk you through the entire process. Don't waste your time with anyone else. Again, call Brian Curry, 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Tell you what, Brian Curry's going to do a lot of good things for you. The first thing he's going to do is find a house where there's not bats living there. <laughs> My God, what I go through. Told you yesterday was a sad enough day with the passing of Charlie Watts. I had to come down here, and then tonight, I come here and put my life on the line while rabid bats are flying all around. <laughs> and nobody should have to suffer through that, but I'll do it. But you won't when you let Brian Curry help you find your house. What's step one? Get the hell out of Eastlake. Go somewhere safe, like La Mesa. Where's Costa live? Point Loma? 
I think he's in the college area. He is. He's in the Stevie's college area. In, uh, Stevie Woods is in Encinitas. Yep. Any of those places. Poor Walchef's down here with his two beautiful kids. We've got to help Brian Curry's got to get him out of here. It's dangerous. And uh, off you go. So, yeah, I think David's so important. I, I mentioned this yesterday. All kidding aside, man, I'm, I'm heartbroken for two friends that bought a house and did not have an agent on the side. They haven't been in that house very long. They don't live in San Diego. And they, they move quick. And they put a lot of money into this house. And now their air conditioning has gone out. And the, they're being told it's $10,000 to replace it. And just insane. Wow. And they don't know that they're going to be able to afford it. And they're upset. And it causes tension and stress. And nobody deserves that. So when you're buying a house, make sure that you have the right guy on your side. And that is Brian Curry. There you go. Taylor May Pools, the place you want to go when it comes to getting that brand new pool. So many people right now are thinking about how great it would be to have that pool in your backyard. Everybody knows nothing like these nights like tonight where you could sit there, the family. Great memories are created right there in that pool. Nobody does it better than Alan Taylor. The pool that you possibly dream about, he will show you what it looks like in his 3D design virtual tours before you get going. And you'll have an idea of what it's going to look like when it's finished. You're going to love it. Alan Taylor's done a fantastic job with TaylorMade Pools. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Nothing better, right? Oh, At yeah. the end of a long day, you just go and, and hang out and relax in that pool. And, and I like, Dave, what you talked about with that 3D technology because you could take a look and maybe the first design, you go, yeah, I like it. And then Alan and their team fine-tune it a little bit. You like it even more. And then maybe you make more adjustments or you just go for it. But the great thing is it doesn't end at just the 3D technology. No, it ends when Alan goes, hey, we're done. Water goes in the pool, turn on the heater and, and invite your friends, right? Invite the uh, Tuesday day staff from Little Darlings. Let's all have some fun. <laughs> Hang a pinata right over the, the line and, and start yelling Marco Polo. But I think anybody, man, it just... Everything going on, it doesn't feel like prices are going to go down on no. anything. Plane tickets go up, hotels go up, gas goes up. So our ability, maybe those trips you think about used to do, I used to go to Monterey, family used to go to Tahoe all the time. Can't really do it. You can't really get away anymore. So the way you counteract that is by having a gorgeous tailor-made pool in your backyard Give them a call. Tell them Dave and Jeff sent you. Dan Williams, you want to talk to when it comes to your finances? Again, get your finances in order. You'll be shocked how easy your life becomes. Nothing like having that stress relieved from thinking about where you are in debt and how to get out of debt. And Jeff Tellett says this all the time. Bar smart, repay smart. Dan Williams is your guy. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Again, he did a brand new video yesterday on Tuesday. It's his Bar Smart 2-Minute Tuesdays on YouTube. You can check him out. But I recommend you give them a call. Dan will get your life in order. Well, and I think, too, a lot of us are going through this, whereas we get back into the school year and things change. Even if you're like me and you're very, very cautious about your budget and your cushion and everything else, your money gets impacted. And it's not just the fact that I had to bring a car payment on. It's just we get to certain things and, and where we are, right, with kids and sports and, and different deals, and all of a sudden – you start looking and you go, man, what is that money being spent on? It's yeah. being spent on your everyday life. So that's why you have to be insanely careful so that when those extra bills come in, yeah, you can pay them and maybe the cushion gets impacted a little bit, but the cushion doesn't get impacted by too much. That's why Borrow Smart, Repay Smart 
means so much to me. It's why Dan's finances were a reason why I could buy the car I wanted, why we were able to refinance my condo and get it down to those rates. And Dan can help you do the same. 858-688-6813. Don't forget, San Diego, uh, San Diego Lending.us. Uh, Dan's got the charity bike ride coming up. We, we want to mention that. Always doing great things to give back to this community, as Brian's doing, as Alan's doing. But please, San Diego Lending.us for Dan's charity bike ride. Kyle Fluker, when it comes to that brand new website or fixing the one that you currently have that's not getting the traction that you want, Kyle Fluker is the person you want to talk to. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Called Kyle today, and I said, I need to take yep. care of something. Did it within seconds and just said, anytime. And that's just so the good. way he is. He's extremely fast and efficient, very easy to deal with, 619-500-6621. Well, the proof is at DamonJeffShow.com because it's a completely professional-looking website for a completely unprofessional show. And if that doesn't tell you the guy's a goddamn magician, I don't know what is. And today... Have you ever seen Bats on Stern show? Nope. Nope. You ever see it on Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> no. I don't know. Uh, if he can find a way, he probably could. I will sign over the rights as, as you know, Zapruder did to Life Magazine. I'll sign the rights over to that video, and I don't know if there's a way to, to put it up. Flukes can put it up. I tagged you. Friends are f with you. I don't know if it's on my phone, but if I, not that, I don't know. You kind of got to see it. It's, <laughs> it's terrifying. Uh, but, yeah, couldn't be more proud of our website, and you should do the same. If your website's not de delivering the income that you demand, then you're not doing it right. But Kyle Fluger can help you get there. All right, Jeff, here we go. How old are they and how much they're worth? We're going August 25th. We are start with two people who are no longer with us. The first one is Regis Philbin. Oh, shit. I like that. <coughs> Regis Philbin would have been, damn, I'm going to say he would have been 87. 91. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, sixty million. One hundred and fifty million dollars. God damn! What's Joy doing now? I'm telling you, I like Joy. You like Joy? Here we go. Another one, Sean Connery. God damn! I forgot he passed away. Ninety. Uh, Ninety, exactly right. A uh, hundred million. How about three hundred and fifty million dollars? Yeah. Yeah. Sean had to be a coxman, right? He was, and then stories came out that Sean wasn't wasn't easy as far as keeping his hands to himself. Whoa. You know, back in the day, you know, people looked the other way. Uh-oh, that disappoints me. Exactly right. All right, here's one that we a little familiar with the show. It's Gene Simmons. Uh, yeah, and a lot of trouble with David Lee Roth. Those two guys want to fight each other. Gene Simmons. I'm going to say Gene Simmons is 70. Gene Simmons is 71. Wow. Uh, four hundred million. Exactly right. Yeah, he's fucking banked. Exactly dude. right. And the last one, Rachel Ray. Would you throw Rachel Ray one again? Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's want to make sure we do it again. That's gonna get me a text message from Katie Temple, yes. and I'm not gonna like it. I'm gonna tell her like I always do. You bait me on these things, and uh, because I've gone through a lot, depression, suicide of a friend, I'm vulnerable. You take advantage <laughs> of that. I tried to kill me with COVID, and she doesn't care. Um, Rachel Ray say is 47, 52. Nice. 200 million, $100 million. Perfect. Gives a ton of her money away. Yeah. Loves animals. Absolutely. She seems very cool. She does. Five random questions. Here we go. What is okay. a deal breaker on a first date? Oh, I like that. Oh, dude. 
I said this a couple of weeks ago. I had a girl, you know her. <laughs> you know her. We went to uh, we went to Arizona. She was part of our spring training trip. Yeah, remember? I don't know which girl you're talking about. Um, uh, Bochi, Padre Murphy. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Great looking, cool sports fan. The whole thing. Quick laugh. A lot of fun. Going out. Uh, belching. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't fucking do that. Hey, who's dating Charlie Daniels over there? That's uh, me. Does it bother you if girls cuss too much? Uh, but that'd be, no. That doesn't bother me. No. Yeah. The, when girls swear, it doesn't bother me. If you're around someone, as soon as they drop a racist line, oh, well, that, that's, that's a little different, but, Dave. But I, I think some people know. <laughs> some people go, ah, they just don't know any better. No, that's not. Of that's not good do. anymore. Yeah, they no. know better. Yeah, no, that. Yeah, you're not doing that. Yeah, but yeah. Now I have a friend who says, uh, "For fuck's sake," a lot. Yeah, and that to me makes me laugh when they get worked up. <laughs> I saw a video of a guy on a golf course with a buddy of his, and he had the phone out. And he was, okay. he basically was filming his tee shot and the uh, guy hits the ball and he walks up to him to like kind of do a, a joke thing. Like, Hey, can you talk about hitting the ball first shot of the day? And as he's talking, the guy swings the club into the guy's shin Ow! and all the guy responds with this guy. This is in Tennessee. The guy responds with fuck me to tears. <laughs> so as he gets in the shin Who and I'm like that? this guy, and he was literally crying. He was, uh. he was he hurt so bad that he was. He was crying. Yeah. Okay, here, here's something I'll, I'm going to throw at you. There's nothing to do with these random questions. Okay. As uh, as you know, my kid's in Tennessee, and he's with my mom and mm-hmm. in a hanging out. And so Josh has to go to the Apple store. He has to go um, get a computer looked at. Okay. And he walks in, and he sees two open chairs at the Genius Bar. Mm-hmm. And he walks up, and he turns to a guy that's sitting in one of the chairs. He's wearing, like, a Vietnam vet hat. Okay. And he says, hey, is anyone sitting in this chair? And the guy goes, it's all yours, partner. Sit down. And he, Josh sits down, and the guy in the blue genius bar shirt turns around and goes, hey, what are you doing? I got a customer coming any second. You got to get up. And Josh turned to the Vietnam vet guy. Hey, thanks, asshole. You made me look like a dipshit in front of the genius. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that was it. My mom lost her mind. Yeah, you don't disrespect a oh, veteran. Oh, he wasn't disrespecting a veteran. Just he dropped the asshole. The guy laughed. He goes, I don't know any better. He got the asshole yeah. thing. But my mom lost her shit, dude, that he would say that to someone with the Vietnam hat on. I support your mom in that oh, 100%. Oh, of course you do. Jesus. Yeah, sorry that you hate the flag. These colors don't run. <laughs> Love it or leave it, asshole. Take Tucker Carlson. You got any other lines from fucking board on the 4th of July? Take your, Do you? Take your son Tucker Carlson with you, too. <laughs> All right, here we go. Have you ever fallen for a scam? If so, what was it? Oh, almost. Almost. It happened to me like two months ago. I think I talked about this on, on the show. God bless the guys on my team looked out oh, yeah. for me. I got that email that said, will you go buy gift cards? And it was from a EVP of my company. And I didn't know anything about the scam. Um, I can't remember. Like it was a fair amount of money, a couple of hundred bucks, like maybe like 500 bucks. Wasn't like 10,000 or anything like that. Like they were pretty smart. And I can't remember if it was uh, Connor or Jimmy or one of those dudes was like, dude, 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 no. Like, I, the, the email said, um, 
and and a lot of times you hear it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's hey, uh, yeah, we we need this or that yeah. or whatever. And it came from a work email, and said, "Hey, we're doing um, bonuses. Can you help me with gift cards? And I'll I'll get you the dough." And I was ready to go. So, yeah, that was that was pretty wild because usually you see those things coming, and it just caught me flat footed. So, yeah, my guys, I think I would have figured it out because what they said was, "What happens next is they want you to read the the number and the pin." And yeah, I mean, you're, if you're doing that, fuck, then yeah. you're really a dope. But it, so I would have been stuck with five hundred dollars Amazon gift cards, um, buying everybody Ted's book. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was it. What about for you? Yeah, I got busted. Um, God, about nine months ago with the dog. Remember, I bought a dog online. Oh, that right. I never got the dog. It was right. like seventeen hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Yeah. And the, nothing they could do. The bank wouldn't refund the money. Nothing. Terrible. All right, here we go. What's oh, wait, your- I got fucked by uh, Vivid Seats, too. Vivid Seats is a bunch of fucking assholes because I bought tickets to a, a weekend game between the Angels and the Twins, and it got rescheduled to a Wednesday game at noon, and they fucked me out of the money, and the Angels fucked me out of that, too. So StubHub's always been great, but I, I would highly recommend any of you, and that's the great thing about being here. I told you. Uh, our boy Matty Evans reached out to me today, said, hey, I'm sorry to hear about your car. If you need an oil change, come see me. And by the way, uh, for anybody up in North County, guys at Walmart off the 78, Matty Evans and the guys are going to take good care of you. Go see him. And I said, you know, I go, I'm good, but I appreciate you. I said, the Hyundai guys are just a little fucking smug and need to be smacked down and reminded that they don't fucking, you know, you assholes, if you're going to shoot your mouth off about your great extended warranty, then fucking make it where somebody can come and not have to leave their car for 12 hours for a 15-minute oil change. Dickhead. <laughs> but uh but yeah, if you're up in if you're up in North County, go see my boy That's Maddie so at uh Walmart and, and down here in Mid City, uh go see uh, my man Junior over at AA Auto Repair. That's crazy. Yeah. Dude, I, crazy, I literally right? had my car worked on tech. I got, had the oil changed, the tires rotated, and new windshield right. wipers put on. I was done in 45 minutes. Where would you go? To the dealership actually. Well, that's well, that was pu- it. Hype them up. Who was it? It was uh, it was Perry Dodge on Mile of Cars. Good Ra- for them. For did my Ram truck. Uh, good for them. Yeah, I like it that. No problems. Fifty bucks. It would have been the same thing if I took it to Jiffy Loop. Yeah, it might be because they're doing it for free that they're doubled up. But so what? I'd rather pay the fifty and get the fuck out of there yeah. than try to leave my car for twelve hours. <laughs> now that asshole email. Remember that guy who bitched when I said that Pods fucked it up. Yeah, You'll probably here. Hey, not everybody can afford fifty dollars for an oil change. Uh, fuck off. Cough <laughs> is right. All right. What is your favorite photograph of all time? Oh. Oh, I like that. Um, I have a picture of my sons. Um I have two of them. I do too. I have two also. Uh, I have a family one, and then I have one outside the family. But my family one is a picture of my sons. I had just gotten a new camera, and their grandfather works at Men's Warehouse. And they were probably about seven. And they were in a time when they were wearing suits and 
you know, really cool shirts and ties. They'd wear them all the time. It was crazy. They were just like stymie. Yeah, all the time. fucking little rascals. And my son Cade used to wear this bowler hat yeah. like stymie all the time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're like six. And we went up to Julian. We were there. And, and we were walking. And we went, not on Main Street, but like one street back. Um, kind of back. And we were walking, and I saw this little white bench in front of this family's home. And I said to him, I go, hey, just sit on this bench for me for a second. Ah, shut up. So they sat there, and I took one. And my son, Jack, when he was little, never could look at the camera. He looked everywhere else. I go, Jesus Christ, Stevie Wonder takes better pictures than you. Jesus so I took one, and it was off center, and I framed, I lined it up again, and I took it, and I got it. And it's these two guys. Uh, Jack's got a purple shirt, purple tie on. <coughs> Kate's got a blue shirt and this bowler on, and they're on this little bench. The lighting worked out great, and it's awesome. And and my mom has it on canvas. Their mom has it on canvas. Like we love it. And, cool. Now as they get older and dumber by the minute. Will they take pictures as they get older? I'm done with these two. So dumb. <laughs> Dude, I literally, I'm talking to my son, Cade, the other day. Yeah. At the Helix game on Friday night. And I go, uh, we're going to go get a bite to eat before the game. So I said, hey, do you want to just go to Jack in the Box and get a couple of tacos? He goes, yeah. I go, all right. He goes, where is that? I go, Dude. You're in university where you've lived the whole time. I go, just head towards. You've lived here the whole time. I go, just head towards 70th. Where's 70th? I go, are you out of your mind? I go, head towards Rolando. Dad, I'm not great with directions. I go, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Kate. I go, we're not in Kansas. God damn, it's not like I dropped in. I go, just stay where you are. So I tell Jack, I go, you know how to get to 70th? He goes, what do you mean by that? I go, do you know how to get to 70th? You mean the street that I've been on a hundred thousand times in my life? Yeah, I think I can find it. I go, well, your fucking brother can't. Jesus, dad. Jesus. Like, you talk to him. So yeah, uh, he looks football in action tomorrow, by the way. Looking forward to that. I think they play, um, I think they play Otay Ranch tomorrow. Oh, good. Yeah, good that'll deal. be fun. Is that here or it's over there? It's over at uh, Helix. Hey, by the way, we're watching the Padre Dodger game in the eighth inning right now with the new pitching coach, and mm. 110 pitches. Snell's still in the game, dude. How cool is that? This is by far the best game he's ever pitched as a Padre. Okay, so you, you sit, and he has a shutout, one nothing shutout, as people will know. We'll hear the show, but the fact that it's 110 after running that bullpen game yesterday, where they needed him to go deep yeah. today, is crazy. Like it just doesn't happen. And Not he looks for good. Snow. Oh, he looks outstanding. Dodgers haven't caught up to 95. him all day. Yeah. 95 right there on a fastball. A lot of swings and misses. So his, yeah, still mid-80s on the break and stuff. I, all right, we'll bring this up. I, and we won't have time tonight. I, I am fascinated by that, and I, I am fascinated by that. Yeah. It, well, new pitching coach, whole deal is really strange. Confidence. What's Rothschild saying today? Yeah, see? You know what, Dave? I just need a minute to gather my thoughts. I don't it's funny to me, this guy. God oh, damn it. 
Once there were times. Oh, fuck. I did that last time. <laughs> People loved that Rothschild yesterday. Why would I do It that? was the best. I think it was better than Coach. The response <laughs> from that Rothschild was better than Coach. Uh, Hey, you know what? He's battling out there tonight. He's battling. Now, the fact that I went out every time at 65 and said, uh, Chase, that's it. Get him out of there. <laughs> yeah. All right. You feel good, Dave? I kind of feel a little bit like that kid in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, and Blake's that guy in the T-shirt. He's just kicking my ass with every pitch thrown. So, yeah, thanks, Dave. You're exactly what Jeff said you are. You're that fucking guy. <laughs> and after you get fired, what, what are you going to do next? That's it. That's it. Larry's going to be retiring, as he said, or building a mound in his backyard. Free lessons. I'll do the righties. Randy will do the lefties. Find me at LarryLegend.org. LarryLegend.org. Mention Dave. We'll give you $5 off. Your first 17 lessons, only $17,000. LarryLegend.org. <laughs> All right, here we go. What was the last show you binge watched? Uh, Ted Lasso. Is that right? Yeah. Dude, I want to see it. Ted Lasso was great. Did we just jinx fucking this guy? Yeah, he did, you fucker. Uh, dude, how many times I said he can't go 112 pitches? He <laughs> <You> did. <laughs> You've said it all year. All right, this is cool. Uh, we just saw Smith get the home run. This is cool, though, Dave. Uh, this is where you go and see what's now. Come on, Tingler, don't be a bitch. That was at, that was at pitch 116 that he gave up the home run. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they should fire Jace. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing? Is Johan Santana out there? What the fuck are they doing? Dude, you know what? Would you okay right now? Is he out immediately, or do you give him a fuck, dude? He's battled his ass off right now. Kevin Brown's that, not coming out of that game. No, let's see. Well, I don't know the Dodger lineup right now, but they usually go righty, lefty, righty. So if it's going to be lefty on lefty, I keep him in. If the next Dodger hitter is a lefty, then I keep him in. Yeah. Well, that little fucking dork bugs me, Smith. Dude, he's pretty fucking good. He's a you know? fucking howdy doody. What do they say? He's played 170 games and he has 40 home runs. Yeah, you wouldn't talk to that guy if he fucking wanted to talk to you. The coolest thing about Will Smith is that his hero was Albert Pujols. And he just says he still can't get over the fact that Pujols is on his team, you know, yeah. growing up as a kid. Good for him. I'll let you know when I'm interested. All right, there you go. Don't be sad. All right, here we go. What is the last show that you binge-watched? I told you. Oh, Larry, sorry. Let's move on to the last one, then. I'm sorry. Mine was Outer Banks. I've been watching that. I don't know what that is. It's a popular show on Netflix right now, and... I'm uh, almost through season one. Josh is two episodes into season two, and he told me he told me he's done. It's kind of it's about these teenage kids and living on an island where the rich kids are on one side and the poor kids on the other side. Oh yeah, and it's uh, they're one of the they're one of the poor kids' dads is missing, and they're looking for his dad, who the police swear he's dead already, and he doesn't believe his dad. What the, what's dead. it called? Outer Banks. It's like the most popular show on on. So when you say Netflix. they live on an island, is it like Castaway? No, it's like fucking somewhere in Florida or North Carolina or something. Oh, it's, gotcha. It's like that. Like that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Outer Banks. All right, I'll go check that out. And Josh, so, thanks for letting me know. And so your kids might like it. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, okay. So here we go. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? Yes. It's really. Um. Yeah. I. I Judy Bloom. What you just was it a Judy say? Bloom book? Oh yeah. Are you there, God? Are you there, God? It's me, Dave. You should fucking write that book. You should start by having that first sentence. Maybe look inside yourself. See if you even got a fucking soul. Jesus. You heard me. God, this went ugly fast. Ah, I'm trying to think what fucking book would change your life before I I get to my own. What book would have changed your life? Hang on. I got to think about this. Probably Lightner Strikes. Ted's first book. 
Um, yeah, I love. Did Ted put the fucking hashtag Star Wars just so that people could find that fucking book too? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Jesus I think Christ. I know yours. I think you're going to say Tuesdays with Maury. No, it didn't change my life at all. That was good. I loved, I told you, I loved the book uh, uh, Kindness of Strangers, Mike McIntyre. Okay. Great book where a guy had just gone through a lot. And, um, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Decided to hitchhike, <clears throat> hitchhike cross country from, uh, from San Francisco to Cape Fear, North Carolina, with no money in his pocket. And it was the story of the people he met along the road. That is, dude, that is an outstanding book. The book um, that Coyle wrote, uh, Lost Tomorrows, about the radio, it's cool, man. I just bought a couple of those for Jack and Cade because, you know, yeah, it's not too often where a book's written. And Coyle's so goddamn good um, where the book's written and a lot of the shit that happened to the main character actually happened to you. It's just... Right, you live your life and you go, yeah, it's just it. But you and I had um, the benefit of, of doing what we did for a long, long time. And so to have that, to have Matt do that in such a fun, entertaining way uh, was really great. And plus, he's a great friend of mine. So, yeah, I mean, that one is special to me. Oh, I want to go back to the picture, though. Remind me. Let me finish. What's the book that changed your life? I tell you what, that, honestly, I was thinking about this when I wrote the question. Um, I read a book in third grade, and it was about Magic Johnson. It was oh, about cool. Magic's time from high school to college to his first year with the Lakers. And yeah. he said one thing in there that I always try and think about is he, try to, uh, he tries to approach everything with enthusiasm, meaning basically you're thinking like positive about it. You're going to yeah. go into it with a good attitude. Yeah, I like that. I think the biggest thing in my relationship with my dad, we saw the world so different. My dad always had the attitude – Something bad's going to happen. Just expect it. And if something good happens, you're surprised. And I said, I always believe something good's about to happen. I yeah. just always do. Things are, something good is always about to happen. And so we looked at the world completely different. You're, but uh, I think a lot of that had to do with that book. You're a, uh, did you ever see the movie Princess Bride? I did. You know who Mandy Pantinkin is, yeah. right? Did you see that TikTok video last night? No. Did you see that shit? This, uh... This girl, you're a TikTok guy. You were yeah, talking about it. it last night. This girl puts out a TikTok video, and she's talking about that her father had recently passed away. And she was saying that their favorite thing to do, the father and the daughter, was watch Princess Bride. Now, I've only seen that movie one time, and I just saw it. I saw but, it once and wasn't a big fan. Everybody who, I don't say everybody loves it, but most people, if you love like it, you love it. Yeah, it impacted you. Yeah. And y'all remember there was a scene where he has a sword fight with Chris Sarandon. <coughs> and you forget, I forgot, not, I, I shouldn't say people that love it, you know it, that the guy, um, Sarandon has six fingers and they have this sword fight and there's a line in there that says, uh, what do you want? And you know, I'm paraphrasing, but Mandy Pantekin basically says, you can't give me back time with my father. Something to that effect, right? Yeah. So this girl does this TikTok video, and she's saying, I'm trying to get this to Mandy because I would like to know this scene meant so much to me and my dad, and my dad recently passed away from cancer. Oh, boy. I heard that right before you filmed that, that you had your own dad in your heart. And is that true? Fucking A, Dave, if the video didn't get to him. So there's a viral video that's out, and it's a split screen, and it's this girl. Her name is Alaska. 
she's telling it and she's choked up because she misses her dad. And it's Mandy Pantinkin watching it. And he's watching it with his wife and he's getting choked up because this girl is telling him how much his work meant to her. And he addresses her and he's fighting back tears and said, that's absolutely true. I lost my dad and, and I had to go and gather myself and get it. Fuck. It is just as a dad, man, it's, it's the one thing, right? That you want that I want that anybody, it doesn't matter anything else you do in your life. When you're a dad, you just want to do it right by your kids. Yeah. And so when you see stuff like that as parent, there's no way if you're actually invested in your kid's life, which I'm so glad that all of you that we've met through this show that are dads, you are, you watch that and there's no way you're not impacted. And, and my dad's still alive. I have a great relationship with him, but you look at it and you go, fuck man, I hope, right. Do I have things with my kids that when I'm gone, they can look back at and say, that's great. And yeah, for me, my kids will probably do a TikTok video and, <laughs> Uh, who are they going to call up? Watch it. Fucking Genie Pepper. My dad had me in that fucking derby hat. Yeah, I mean, this goddamn... That, that was not my call. That was their call. One final thing on the picture. Yeah. A um, friend of mine is so talented as a photographer. And it's weird. And I wonder if others know this. If you have friends in the arts, sometimes they don't even know how good they are. And it's frustrating because as a friend, you tell them, I enjoy your work. And they think you're just saying it to be nice. But she traveled to Kenya. She traveled to Kenya and she was there for medical stuff. And she just one day was out uh, taking pictures. And she took this beautiful photo, black and white photo of an elderly man. And he's sitting in this folding chair and he has his legs folded. And it's just him. He's the only guy in the room. He's the only guy in the picture. And I asked her, did, she, did he know that you took it? And she said, I don't think so. And to me, it's one of my favorite pictures because it's just what we all do, men, women, right, adults, where you just kind of enjoy that moment. And she captured it beautifully. And I told her, I said, fuck, I want that picture. And she's humble about her work. I just fucking went and had it done. And she took a really cool picture of a lion in yeah. Kenya and then she took this picture of this gentleman and I had both of them blown up into canvas and they hang in my room and they, they put me in the best mood. First thing I see in the morning, pretty fucking cool. That is cool. Do you have a favorite picture? Yeah, I have two. I have one that's to your right, the one oh, of, yeah. uh, so of Josh Senior Day, Alabama, so taking great. the field against Auburn. And I then do, I love that too. I have one, uh, I have one in the house and it's, um, it's on the wall as I was looking at it today. It's a picture of Jake when he's you know, just very, very little and sugar when we just I love got that sugar. picture. Yep. I knew you were going to say that one. And there, so. and Jake's sleeping and sugar was sleeping on top of him, like her, her head on his head. Yeah. And then, but her eyes open up for the picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great picture. Fucking but, uh, yes. Yeah. It's funny. I talk to both of them every day. Like you I have to, like I literally walk Bama and then we'll, you know, talk to sugar as I'm, you know, yeah. The whole deal. It, yeah, that's it's funny. I just saw like a video or something and sugar's in it. I can't oh, really? It. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, yeah, and then I just, today, looking for videos yeah. of Charlie Watts, yeah. I found that fucking video of Jake telling his joke that your son sent me. Dude, you want to hear, uh, I'm going to tell you a funny Jake story. I told you, uh, I told you, I think a couple weeks ago that on October 1st, we're supposed to be in court. Yeah. to go face-to-face -face with a person that, you know, basically has been found guilty and admitted to killing Jake. Mm -hmm. uh, they moved it to November 5th, okay? Oh, so okay. November 5th is the three-year anniversary of his funeral. 
Oh shit! It's yeah. gonna be weird being there. It's, it's a lot of emotions gonna come out anyway. <laughs> um, but it's gonna be strange sitting here looking at that guy on, yeah. on uh, the anniversary of, of uh, Jake's funeral. Bad any day. It's bad any day. There's but just a day. shitload of emotion. You know me from September 26th through the end of the year. This whole family's a mess. But it's the whole year, Dave. Yeah. There's, it's the thing. Well, that, the whole year is bad. But as far as just correct, the, the heaviness of the sadness is so magnified, and the anger and everything that comes out. Yeah, you know because. You say, like, we, we look at it, we go through it. You're right, New Year's Eve, and but then shortly after that, there's different things that come up. Easter comes Thanks, up. Well, you got, yeah. yeah. I mean, it goes, his birthday, it goes, it goes, his death, it goes, uh, you know, his funeral, it goes yeah. Thanksgiving, it goes Christmas. Yeah, Valentine's yeah. Day is a, is a, a mom remembers those things that happen. Yeah. Everything's a mess. So yeah, here, it never goes away. So here's the here's the story. I was thinking of Jake. I called Josh today because I go, do you remember this? Because I don't know if Josh was living in the house when this happened. But there was, uh, there was a smoking hot real estate agent who was walking around <laughs> looking to sell houses in the neighborhood. Yeah. And she was going door How to door. This is, this is a few months, I believe, before he passed. And I am upstairs, and I can hear him talking to somebody in the house. And I'm like, well, who's he talking to? You know. <laughs> and I walk downstairs, and he's at the table with this great-looking woman. And he pulls off that he owns the house, and he's going <laughs> to sell my house. Because he's trying, he's watched too many Lisa Ann movies. This fucking guy is trying to get laid from the real estate agent, and he's going to sell my house and, and talk his way into it. He fucking manages forever 21. Yeah, that fucking Where's guy. Big Ed Sharon fan. Fucking guy, dude. Literally has this girl just taking her time. Is he just telling you, get the fuck out of here? Yeah, he's like, dude, don't cock block me. Yeah, I'm like, are you like trying to sell my house? No, I don't want to sell the house. I'm trying to hook up with this girl. Yeah, it was ridiculous, but I, I, it popped into my head the other day because I saw her picture on a sign in the neighborhood, and I was like, that's the girl that's in my house that Jake was trying to fuck. This fucking guy. <laughs> Un-fucking-believable. Yeah, fucking guy trying to sell my house. 19-year-old kid yeah. t- pulling off, because he looked like he was 35. Dude, he did. Sounded you know? like it. Yeah, Acton told her that he owned the house. Holy so come on shit. in. Let's talk about it. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> Holy shit. God, yeah. all right, that's it. Uh, oh, you know what? Here's yeah. the thing. Can we change back to Sunday night? My goddamn schedule. Are you here Sunday? Are you local uh, Sunday? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I have, I'm coaching a bunch, but I might be here, able to go Sunday. All right, uh, we're going to try to go Sunday night, go late. Okay. It's just running around 90 yeah, different no places every day. We're going to try to go Sunday night. So okay. even if it goes late, fuck it. Okay. So we'll try to go back to our Sunday, Wednesday schedule. So hopefully it can start as early as this week. Good deal. All right, man. See you.
that guy with the attitude, he better go away. A five-cent video game put a smile on my face. That stop sign was paralyzed, but I ran it anyway. Soundproof fence and a handyman cussing on TV. What Californian cuts their own Christmas tree? Boy, you better watch out for that sneaky back screen door. I laughed so hard, I'm a little boy. 